It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by AMS Media. And I'm delighted to be joined by a very special guest, but you're going to have to wait a few more seconds to find out who it is. We are back with our second stream of today. Um, lots to get through, lots to discuss, as there always is when it comes to Arsenal and the transfer market. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Harry Simu. As always, a big hello to those of you joining us in the live chat at the moment. can see already there are plenty of you watching us live and I'm delighted to be joined uh, by, I would say, my favourite ever guest we've had on this podcast. I enjoyed our chat last time so much that I'm going to say that. I'm going to upset some of the others, but Adrian Clark, <laughs> welcome back to the show. Wow, I've got a lot of lift, lot to live up to this <laughs> evening, haven't I? But yeah, I'll take that. Thank you very much, Harry. Good to be back on the show. Great to have you back, my friend. It is a, absolutely our pleasure. We're delighted to have you back, to have your insight, to hear your opinions on the Arsenal, the club that we all love. Um, as always, as I said, right at the top of the stream, there is plenty to discuss. Uh, it's transfer silly season, as I like to call it. Um, there are different rumours every day. It's very hard at times to pick out what is real and what is just, I guess, clickbait. So uh, we, we're going to try our best to do that. We're going to try our very best to dissect the stories. And uh, of course, we're interested to hear in, in what Adrian has to say on the matters. Now, Adrian... Um, mm. Recently, Community Shield win, um, fantastic, having won the FA Cup, which kind of, I guess, salvaged a, a horrible season from an Arsenal perspective. Mm. We went out there at Wembley. Some of the players had just a day's training. We turned up against Liverpool. We put in a really, really positive defensive performance, I would say. Created a few chances as well in the first half. Um mm. What, what did you make of it and how much encouragement, in your opinion, should we take away from something like that? I don't think we should take too much from it because it was a friendly, really. I know that the, there was a trophy at stake, but but I don't think either team was at, was at full power. Liverpool, I felt, were a little bit sluggish and, and I'm sure they'll sharpen up when the games start to really matter. But But that aside, it was another really professional performance, wasn't it? I thought that Arsenal were really calm. I think that was the, the key takeaway for me. In possession, they were so calm and cool and they didn't rush and they weren't flustered. And look, we've all seen Arsenal against Liverpool matches where that hasn't been the case, haven't we? Where they've pressed us and we've, we've given the ball away a lot. That, that didn't happen in the game. I thought, and, and, and just like the cup games, the semi-final, the final of the FA Cup, we were really well organised. And, and then on the transitions, really sharp. I thought... Every time we pinched the ball or every time we broke forward, we caused Liverpool problems. We've got the right players, I think, to, to, to play that way. So, no, lots and lots of positives. Wouldn't get too carried away. We need to find, obviously, a different way of playing against other teams that, that aren't going to dominate us. But, but I'm sure we'll find out what Arteta's got planned on that very soon. Absolutely. Was you... Was you Have you been surprised by what you've seen from Mikel Arteta so far? Because I think everybody had this preconception of Mikel Arteta that he was going to come in and having worked under Pep Guardiola, it was going to be very much attack, attack, attack. And that's not been the case, has he? He's been very pragmatic. Mm. Were, were you expecting that from Mikel Arteta? 
I was because he's an intelligent football man. He's a, he's a, a thoughtful coach, and there was no, you can't jump that far ahead. He would like to play that way. I'm sure he would like Arsenal to be playing in a swashbuckling, attack-minded manner, a la Manchester City. I think that's the aim long term. But right now, he knows that that's not possible. Not not against high-level opponents. He, he realises there's, there's another way that Arsenal are going to have to to go out and win those games. And he's worked really hard on it. It's it's excellent. And, and what I love is that he's identified the obvious areas of weakness. In the big games, against the best sides, Arsenal have been vulnerable. They've been open. And he stopped that, hasn't he? He's, he's found a system that works. It's a fantastic... We became a bit of a laughing stock at the way we were trying to play out from the back under under Unai Emery. He's improved that massively, and, it, and it's not by chance. It's really clever. The movement and the players is is quite sophisticated, and it's allowing us to to play out from the back better. And then those are all important transitions. It's such an important part of the modern game, especially when you don't dominate the ball. And he's worked very very hard on on making us better in those situations. So those three key areas were the first port of call. I'm looking forward to seeing what, what what comes next. And I think there will be plenty more. Yeah, absolutely. And when you talk about the playing out from the back, I've always, mm. I think with, with Unai Emery, it was like you said, it was a very different pattern of play, wasn't yeah. it? And with Mikel Arteta, he's happy for the, the sort of left-sided or right-sided centre-backs to pull out wide mm. and still play these balls down the line. It looks as though there is no angle for those passes, <laughs> but we keep doing it time and time again. And we've seen the joy from that. It's, it's a very... Mm as you said, very clever way of doing it and it's yeah. working. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was just a bit too predictable under Unai Emery in regards to everyone in their positions. Very static start. Right, let's play out from the back. Let's take a risk or two. And it it, it backfired on occasion. We saw that, didn't we? But 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 under Arteta, it's, it's, it's clever because, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it, but Maitland-Niles will basically just take up a position as a central midfielder. I mean, out of possession, he's a proper left wing back. But when we're playing out from the back, he just drops into the middle to give the back four, because that's what it turns into with Kieran Tierney as the left-sided defender. It gives them that extra outlet. So you've got four defenders spread out, including the keeper. So that's five players with three in front. You know, it's opposition teams have found it quite hard to, to pin us pin us down the way that they used to so so yeah I'd, I'd credit the coach for giving the players confidence but also the the structure to make it happen we probably will concede the odd goal I think I think I looked at the stats uh, last season across, right across the Premier League and it still costs teams more goals than it does in terms of the goals that it creates but um and, and it will happen to us I'm sure but but as we've seen in these big games we're scoring goals that start with our goalkeeper and and that's you know it's really really satisfying I'd imagine for, for Arteta and the coaching staff Absolutely. It's always great to see something that they've obviously put so much work in um, actually paying off. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the incomings. Of course, Gabriel has signed for Arsenal now. Mm -hmm. It felt like we were waiting an age for that <laughs> to be confirmed. It was the world's worst kept secret. We all know, knew it was done. But we we're waiting and waiting. Did you like the Did you like the reveal? I thought I thought it was quite. I thought it was a bit unique. Something different, wasn't it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it because <laughs> I was supposed to be uh, on a conference call at the time, actually, and mm. I 
I saw the video come up and I pressed play and I was kind of, you know, when you're on a conference call and you've got it muted and you're not really listening and watching the video and I almost got caught out because I was so engrossed in it. <laughs> I, I, I almost, almost got, got busted. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but Gabriel is in now. And of mm. course, Saliba is in this season as well. Is mm. this the start of a defensive overhaul at Arsenal? And, and do you, I know, I know we expect some of the current defenders to maybe go out um, in the near future, but it looks as though Mikel Arteta is very much trying to rebuild that part of the team. Yeah, again, I, I talked about he's identified what where the team needed to improve tactically, and he's he's work working on that. Clearly, you can see what he's he's trying. The recruitment tells its own story as well, doesn't it? We we knew Saliba was coming back, but Gabriel was obviously the the, the second one that's come in this summer outside of William, but. But yeah, it's um, it's long overdue, isn't it? I think we'd needed defensive reinforcements for a while. Need to improve the quality of the defenders. But but I like the fact that they're both young, really confident. They're both pretty quick, and I think that's key because because our defence hasn't been uh, that pacey. I think that much is fair to say since since Koscielny went. We've we've been slow, and and that's been a big big problem because we've been unable to to press with as much intensity as you want, because when you press, everyone has to squeeze up. And of course, if you've got a slow defence, that's going to, to leave you vulnerable. So so I think having that bit more athleticism at the back is going to be really, really important moving forward. So yeah, I, I think I think in the end, it'll be a back four, possibly with Saliba and, and Gabriel as the two centre-halves. But for the here and now, I think it probably suit all parties, actually, that if we start with a back three, just continue because it's working, isn't it? So I would imagine David Luiz in the middle and and, and um, Gabriel on the left, possibly Saliba on the right. And and that might free up Tierney to play as a, a left wing back. But then you, we know now, don't we, that, that Tierney can easily play left centre back. I mean, he's manager's dream, isn't he? He's, he's uh, a man for all seasons, Kieran Tierney. So so all of a sudden, I think, I think we're, we're looking strong, well, much stronger. Yeah, absolutely. And we're looking... We still look at some of those players and think, are they quite up to the standard required? Maybe not, mm. but as a unit, um, we've defensive, we've improved defensively so so much. And that, like you said, it's, it goes down to the coach, comes down to the structure, and it comes that credit to the players as well because they've mm. obviously taken yes. what he is trying to implement on board, and that is that is key. Um, mm. Moving on, uh, Willian, of course, Willian has joined mm. Arsenal as well. What mm. were your thoughts on that? I know a lot of Arsenal fans were worried about the, the length of the contract. Um, I feel like sometimes as football fans, we need to stop trying to be accountants. Yeah. <laughs> look at it for what it is. And it's Willian joining Arsenal. What have you made of it? Well, it's not our money, is it? So, yeah, it's, it's like, it doesn't bother me, the, the length of the contract. I get it. In the current climate, you're thinking, right, in that third year, is he, is he going to provide value for money? And, and, and the chance are maybe not. But but for the first two years, I think he will. And and we've got him on a free transfer. It's important to remember that. You're not going to get many better players on, on a freebie than, than Willian, who is consistently in the Premier League, being one of the most creative players. And 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 again, what what was the the big glaring problem for Arsenal last year was creating chances. We we did make strides defensively towards the end, became a good counter-attacking side, but 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 we need to have more, uh, especially against the other teams in the division. And and Willian scores goals, makes goals, creates a lot of chances. Um, 
I, I did. I, I looked at the stats recently for for the breakdown live ahead of the the community shield, and and and, and I looked at Arsenal's players and Chelsea's players combined in terms of chances created last season. And William was way ahead of of everybody else on both sides. So so you know we've acquired that player on on a free. So for me, excellent signing. The strange one, in my view, is that he's at his best on the right, and and Nicola Pepe is uh, finished yeah. the season brilliantly. I thought, and it was, it was a star of the final. And you, you think are they are they going to be in competition? Because we know that Aubameyang is likely to play on the left. So so where will he fit in? Um, will he play ahead of Pepe, or or will we change the system and will he play as that number ten moving forwards? Um, I think there's a chance that that will happen on occasion. Yeah, I mean, my theory has kind of been why... Obviously, William was available on a free transfer. It was convenient Mm. given the sort of circumstances at the moment. But I kind of had this theory that one of the reasons maybe Mikel Arteta has gone down the William route is because Mm. he does have that versatility to be able to... You know, if you play him on the right, he can do it. If you need to put him in Mm. that hole, he can also Mm. do that. And I'm Mm. sure that you would also trust William to probably operate from the left as well. Yeah, he he did. I I think I looked at it. Yeah, I looked at it last year. I think I think he had five games on the left for Chelsea, five in a kind of centralish position, but one of two players behind the striker, and 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 then about you know the the rest of his Premier League games, eighteen, nineteen were on the right. So so yeah, he, he prefers it there. What we could see, and don't rule this out, is Willian on the right and Pepe in support of of the main striker, or even Pepe playing as a as a I don't know, a false nine of sorts. We, yeah. We've seen Lacazette and Eddie Nketiah, even uh, Joe Willett come off the bench and play as this sort of deep-lying number nine. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Pepe is experimented with in, in, in certain games in that role. Yeah, absolutely. There is. It, it gives Mikel Arteta lots of flexibility, doesn't it? Having that sort of array of forward mm. talent to select from. Mm. Um, another player that we we haven't signed, but we're being heavily linked with, is Thomas Partey. Um, mm. It's being widely reported that he is Arsenal's priority transfer target this summer. As we understand it at the moment, Atletico aren't budging. They want the €50 million Euro, uh, mm. release clause. He is just the type of profile of player that you probably feel Arsenal have been missing, though, in the middle of the park. Have they not in recent years? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we can all see it, can't we? Um, look, I, I think that Granit Xhaka is... Has excelled, so so that's that's it's nothing on him. I think that he can fit into the new Lucas midfield, even if Party comes. But but yeah, just having that that powerful, athletic, dynamic midfielder at, at the base of the midfield is is been a missing ingredient, hasn't it? We've got good players there, good technical players, haven't got a lot of legs. Let's be honest, the Xhaka Sabias axis um, worked well for us towards the end, but. But neither are quick, neither are that that sharp when it comes to recovery runs. And 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 when I look at Partey and, and all of the targets, actually, that, that have been mentioned as midfield possibilities, they're all quick. They're all really, really strong and powerful. And, and you know, recently, during the lockdown, I did the did uh, some classic breakdowns of the, of the old games. And and just it just reminded me watching those how strong our central midfield always was. It was so strong, so powerful, physical, muscular. And, and Thomas Partey has got, got all those ingredients. Plus, he's got the technique 
to be an Arteta player and an Arsenal player. He's got the skill and the footwork. So for me, he is worth the money. He's definitely worth it. I just hope we can like find some money down the back of the sofa or, you know, somehow, somehow accrue yeah, some cash via player sales to, to bring him in because he would make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. And and sort of the word from Spain is that Atletico are desperately trying to tie him down to a new contract, which would see mm. that uh, release clause increase dramatically. So if mm. it, we're going to do it, it's something that we've got to get a bit of a move on. And I know mm. that Arsenal are probably actively looking to move some people out in hope of at least bridging the gap between what we can afford and what they're asking mm. for. Um, in terms of a, a couple of other midfielders, I just wanted to get your take on, mm. obviously, Danny Ceballos is uh, rumoured to be coming back. Are you looking forward to seeing Danny Sabas in an Arsenal shirt for another season? Yeah, I like I like him as a player. I think he's technically technically excellent. And, and he grew, didn't he? I was I thought he had a, a brilliant debut against Burnley. Uh, sensational. And then he, he flattened out, didn't he? It didn't really happen for him. But then he came on strong at the end of the season. I think He's, he's not quite the type of player I imagined he would be in Arsenal colours. I thought he would score more goals. I thought he would break into the box more regularly. But it's turned out he's, he's more of a deep-lying guy that can keep the ball ticking over, which is good. And, and I like him. And I'm pleased to see or hear that he's likely to come back. Um, I don't know if he's the man to take us forward as, as a team. Um, but, but he's a great person to have around. And, and let's be honest... We don't have a great deal of strength in depth in, in central midfield at the moment. So so if we get the players that I hope we get, maybe Sabas would be on the bench. Um, but but he would be a very good bench player and, and someone that would, would no doubt contribute. Yeah, and it, it feels like smart business. If Arsenal can secure it for another season on loan, mm. that would be great. It would have, it mean we're not shelling out an absolute fortune. Yeah, um, he, he's, he's, he's clearly gifted. But I think... I think you expect more goals and more assists, really, from, from a, a player of his his talent. Maybe that will come now, now that he, he's, he feels more at home in the Premier League. I certainly hope so. But but the issue about his athleticism is 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 something that unfortunately he can't do anything about. I had it myself. I wasn't I wasn't a powerful player. Um, you know, I was nippy, but I didn't have that 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 great power and speed that a lot of other players in my position had. And unfortunately for Sabios. You, you can, can't really work on that, and 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 these when when Arsenal lose the ball, he, he just hasn't got that 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 speed to get back in time. Which is why I think he played a more restrained role where he stayed deep, and it, and from that deeper position he could break up play really really well. But 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 in certain matches we want him more advanced, of course. Yeah, and I think we'll probably hopefully see a bit more of that as you mentioned earlier when we play against the so-called weaker sides and they come and they play with a low block you mm. it automatically gives the likes of Sabal's freedom to get further up the field yeah. I mean is there an argument when we talk about the the sort of outputs in terms of his goals and assists that mm. this current Mikel Arteta system is more built around allowing wing backs to push forward rather than the central midfielders and that may have hindered him yeah quite possibly yeah yeah I think that's not an unfair comment um, yeah, in the current formation, they just sit, don't they? But but I feel that that's a. It's just he's working with the players that he's got at the moment, and and it, it, he found a chemistry that worked in in Jacker and Sabios. But because of their lack of athlete, lack of speed, really, he he made sure that they played deeper, and and they allowed the other players to 
to to go and attack when when we turned the ball over and we fed it into them. So yeah, I think if if we had a couple more dynamic players in the middle of the park, we we would see players in the same positions arriving in the box. And 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 I just feel we'll score a lot more goals if we have a central midfielder that arrives in the box. Aaron Ramsey did it brilliantly for us over over time, didn't he? Just yeah. just just causing chaos and and dragging defenders with him, even if he didn't score himself. So so yeah, I think it's important. Um, but but I don't know if if Sabios is is the number one guy to do that. There's there's probably someone else you might be bringing up shortly that 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 might well do that if we were able to sign him. May do indeed. Um, let's um, let's talk about a little bit about Matteo Genduzzi. Um, he's a player who, you know, we had all of this stuff that went on after the Brighton game. It, you know, we kind of mm. have had heard that there'd been sort of a couple of disagreements with Mikel Arteta along the way, which resulted in him being sort of cast aside out into the cold. Mikel Arteta spoke about him. I guess he suggested that he'd be given another chance. Mm. I find it hard to believe that Mikel Arteta has done a complete U-turn on Matteo Genduzzi and his comments mm. about, um, you know, what happened two weeks ago doesn't matter. That didn't quite wash with me. It, am I being just a little bit sort of, I don't know, is it cynical. me? Or, yeah, <laughs> am I being cynical or do you think it's Arsenal trying to not look desperate to move him on? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, it, like maybe they are getting on fine. I, I genuinely don't know. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not at the club, not at the training ground, obviously at the moment. Don't, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but, but I don't imagine that anything greatly has changed. It, it looks to me he is one of the players that the manager has identified as being for sale. That we can bring in some cash to 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 go and find reinforcements. I don't know whether it's. You know, football-wise, what what you've seen there or attitude. Personally, I just I just feel that Arteta's big on discipline and he's big on trust. And I feel that somewhere along the line, whether it was something he did on the pitch or off the pitch, that that trust has has been lost from Arteta's side, and 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 that's the reason he's he's been cast aside. And and yeah, I think it would be daft to just tell the world that he's completely ostracised and we're desperate to get rid of him because that would clearly lower the price. So, yeah. so yeah, I think I think the the strategy right now, if I was in issues, I'd be doing that anyway. I, I'd be saying, no, he's part of our plans, and we're we're looking to reintegrate him. Blah blah blah. Everyone's got a fresh slate, just just to to make it look that we're we're not desperate. But yeah, I think I think you probably hit the nail on the head initially. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Look, I hope he does come back into the side i hope he does um get back on track because there were signs that he could turn into a really really he's good not, player he's not a bad player he's not a bad player at all but but the bottom line is we, we've identified better players and if if it means we have to sell Genduzi to get that player then i think we have to do that i don't think given the current situation financially at the club i don't think there's going to be a perfect world here there's not going to be an ideal situation where we sign the players we want and we keep everybody that we want there are going to be some good players some players that might turn out to be absolute gems and kick on maybe serge gnabry style and come back to bite us that might happen but but for the here and now to bring in the players we need then, then, then some are going to have to go. 
Yeah, agreed. Um, Hussem Awa is another player that Arsenal have been heavily linked with. Is he a player that you've seen much of? Because I, admittedly, I haven't seen a great deal of him. Oh, I love him. Yeah, yeah, I love him. He's the guy I was talking about. He, he <laughs> is a box-to-box midfielder um, with real skill, electric turn of pace inside the you know inside the opposition half he can scamper away from players and without the ball as well what i noticed in the champions league was how quick he was to go and close players down and we know that arteta wants to press he wants to win the ball in really good areas and i just think our he's got he's got it all really in terms of being able to to get in the faces of opponents and win it and then deliver the right passes, the right pieces of skill, even, you know, even good finishes. I remember first seeing him against City last year in the Champions League and and they were brilliant. They beat City. And I thought, who's this guy? I remembered him because I couldn't pronounce his name. And and I just thought what an unusual name it was and it stuck. But I was like, this this kid can play. And and, and from what I've seen, you know, I don't see him every week clearly, but... From what I've, I've, I've seen and what I gather, he's he's in, continuing to improve. Great age, twenty-two, and and for me, he would absolutely be on a par with Thomas Partey in terms of targets. I think that that we need both types of players, and look, if we got both, it would it would be transformational um, on the side. Only, if we could only get one, though, who who would you uh, hang your hat on? I think the team. I think the team needs both. The team needs a defense, needs an athletic enforcer, and it also needs a box-to-box guy. Um, as, as someone that's a bit that, that likes the attacking football, I think I, I would go for our. But um, yeah, he he would be my number one with Partey just behind. But yeah, I, I would I would love to see both come. And 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 I'm I'm really delighted actually that that these are the two names being the most strongly linked because. They just tick so many boxes for what what the team needs. So so whoever is doing the recruitment, and we know that that's a little bit of a long story at the moment. Whoever is you know running that ship, I think they've identified the right two players there. Fingers crossed. If we got both, it would be amazing. If we got one, I'd be delighted as well. So um, mm. let's see how that uh, those situations develop. Um, mm. Just want to take a quick pause to say a massive uh, thank you to those of you who are tuned in watching us live at the moment. There are over four 400- hundred hundred of you tuned in to the stream at the moment so if you haven't already make sure you hit that like button it is so so important um if you've got any questions stick them in the chat we probably can squeeze a couple more questions in uh, from the ones we've already got lined up so get those in there now and we'll come to those in a few minutes if you're listening back on the audio as well leave us a review um, and be sure to give Adrian a follow on twitter as well I'll leave his uh, twitter handle in the description right um goalkeeping situation Adrian that's a yeah. That's a big talking point at the moment. A big, <laughs> big talking point. Um, I'm look. I, I think Martinez has done brilliantly since he's mm. come in. I feel like it's been forgotten though that the reason he came in was because Bernardino got injured and not because he was bad. Mm. And it, it feels like so many people have done this complete U-turn now, where they're saying mm. actually Martinez is definitely my number one. And if I've mm. got to move one on, I prefer to move on Leno. Where do mm. you stand on this? Because I'm oh. torn. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, great for, for for the club. Great for Arteta to have such a such a choice. Um, I think well, Leno got runner up in the Player of the Year, and that was for a reason. He was brilliant last year. He was he was superb. And you know, early on in the season when the defence was in a real state, he, he saved us many many times. So so I'm a huge Burnt Leno fan. The bottom line though 
is Emi Martinez outshone him, I think, yeah. in, in his run of games. I think that he was even better. Sometimes you get a number two that comes in for the number one for a period of time and they say, well, he didn't do anything wrong, but but the other guy's better. So so we're going to make that change. It's, that's not the situation with Martinez. Yeah, he didn't do anything wrong, but he did a, he did so many things brilliantly. And that is the reason why I don't think you can drop it. If I was a footballer now, and I, if I was Martinez and I was left out of the Fulham game, I'd throw the towel at because he, he could not do more yeah. in terms of hold on to the shirt. So, yeah, it's, it's so hard. Um, personally, I hope they have a shootout in terms of, because we're going to have lots of Europa League games, Carabao Cup, we hope to go on a run in that. It's all going to happen before Christmas. And so there'll be plenty of games for, for the number two to play. They can effectively have a shootout and and, and the, the, the guy who's the best in the best form keeps the jersey in the Premier League from January onwards. Um, you know, that's an ideal situation. But if we need the funds and there's a huge offer comes in, then then I guess one might go. Yeah. My, my thing here is, is that Martinez is has a bit more presence, a bit more, you know, he's, he's um, dominates his box better. Um, both brilliant shot stoppers. But if we're talking about having to sell one, I probably would sell Leno because of the value. I think you'd make more money off Leno, yeah. uh, which would then allow us to maybe go out and sign our or, or, or Partey. So, so, so that's where I stand. I, I don't want either guy to leave. I think they're both brilliant. Um, but but if one goes, I, I just hope that we get top dollar because they're both. For me, Martinez has to be worth twenty five now. If you're putting Aaron Ramsdale at eighteen and a half, it's got to yeah. be worth more than that. And and Leno, I mean Leno's better than Kepper. So I mean Kepper was clearly overpriced at seventy two, but for me Leno has to be at least a fifty million pound goalkeeper. Yeah, so you know, it's such a tough one, isn't it? It's such a <laughs> tough one. It is. And, and there are people that say, there are people, Harry, that say, but we haven't seen Martinez in front of a crowd yet. And I get that. But I don't really think it matters. He, he, players often thrive on on, on crowds. It, he might be even better in front of a full house at Emirates Stadium. I, I don't think that that's something we should sort of use as a stick to beat him with. He, he's been flawless. And yes. and sometimes you just get lucky and you unearth a gem, don't you, that, 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 maybe we didn't realise they were as good as they are. And in Martinez, I, I just, I'm seeing nothing to put me off of him. I mean, are you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. no. I mean, mm. from, from a from a style perspective, I am very much a, I, I prefer Martinez's style as mm. a goalkeeper. I'm yeah. a little bit of a traditionalist with goalkeepers. I like them to be big, commanding, hey. to come yeah. out, catch things. I feel that that just breeds confidence into a defence rather mm. you know one of the criticisms I would have of Bern Leno is that <clears throat> he isn't commanding enough no. we've seen countless set pieces come in and he's just stood on his goal line and I get that's the mm. way he he is has been coached and that's the way mm. he wants to play but for me mm. it, I prefer Martinez's style but mm. I, I still have those doubts around a seeing Martinez over a longer period of time Mm. Um, because obviously it was after lockdown. Um, I think he played what six, seven games um, then, and then you know we've seen obviously the Community Shield and stuff. So my mm. only doubt would be that yeah. um, is is he up to? Is he going to ma maintain that level at which he's currently mm. performing over mm. the period of a season? The, the previous history tells us 
we don't know because we haven't no. seen it. So mm. um, that's kind of his stats were the best in the league in terms of save stats. So so he 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 produced special performances and even in the Community Shield he didn't have a lot to do, but, but when he was called upon, he made made a couple of really big saves, didn't he? You can't leave him out. Um, I think ideally you, you're looking to keep them both and 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 see who's the best over the the next six months and then make a call. But you know if if, if we need to stump up some cash, one might go, I guess. Yeah, it, it's dependent on what comes in in terms of offers as well. You know, mm. if if we're talking about ten million pounds, then for Martinez, then I don't want him to go. Well, I saw that, and I, I, and I, it was ludicrous. I mean, the guy is, is clearly got the potential to be a very, very special goalkeeper. Um, we're not going to, we should not give him away. Agreed. Right, let's go over to some of our uh, Patreon questions because we've got a few uh, that came through for you, Adrian, when we announced that you'd be on Good. the show again. Um, so, just uh, I think we're just going to pick a couple from uh, the patrons, and then we'll just pick one from the general chat as well. Um, right. Uh, Brad asks, well, he says, my question for Adrian is this. If Arsenal fail to get the players that we need, who would you put the blame with? Edu, Arteta or the owner? <laughs> oh, cheers. Yeah, someone who, someone who does a bit of work for the club. Yeah, I can't I can't really be too critical. The, I mean, it wouldn't be Arteta's fault because it's not... Um, I think we've seen already he's got great influence in terms of, you know, getting on the phone when you're allowed to contact these players, when you're allowed to talk to them. He'll get straight on the blower and persuade them. So I think Arteta would do all he can. But, you know, you would have to say that Edu in his sort of enhanced role now, it's his responsibility, isn't it, to 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 get these players in, really. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I think it would it would fall on him. But but then then you have to look at the ownership and, and, and say, look, if, if if Edu and Arteta are saying, look, just a little bit more money and we can get the players we need to kick on and we believe they'll take us into the Champions League and, and if that they get a flat no on that, then that would be disappointing, wouldn't it? So, yeah. so yeah, I think it would be nice, wouldn't it, for the owners to show a bit of flexibility. But in the midst of all of this, and, and I'm no financial expert, I do realise that Arsenal are walking a tightrope in terms of, of financial fair play and, and what they're allowed to spend. Now, I think post COVID, those, I would have thought everything would be lapsed a little bit in terms of of, of, of spending restrictions. But but we'll have to see. Personally, I think now's the time to strike. When when Arsenal, when when clubs are tightening their belts, if we can flex our muscles, we can potentially get the kind of players that others might ordinarily be in for. But they're holding back from. So for me, for me, I would like us to to go big this summer. But yeah, maybe it won't happen. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Of course. Mm. Uh, next question is from Chris. He asks: Is there any way back for Mesut Özil, or is that the end of his Arsenal career? Um, well, without knowing the relationship between Arteta and him, it's hard to say. I've always been an Özil fan, and I, and I, you know, I love his 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 ability. But I, personally, I just feel that we've come to the end of the road, really, in terms of 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 what he can provide and, and where Arteta's taking the team. So, look, if he's to stay, I would love to see him reintegrated into the squad and used. I would, I'd love nothing more than that. Um, but 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 personally, I, I feel like a, a break would be the best for both parties, really, because Mesut can't be having much fun 
sitting on the sidelines watching the team and 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 having a player around the place that's feeling feeling down is, is not great for for the rest because Meza I'm sure is a very popular member of the dressing room it you don't want things to get unsavory do you so so yeah like look, if they can find a way to to to, to get Meza a, a new club a new challenge that would probably be best for all parties that is my honest opinion um but but if Tomorrow, we hear Mikel Arteta says, no, Meza, I'm welcoming him back with open arms and he plays. I'll be delighted. I absolutely would. But in the current scenario, I think it's, it's best to best to go. Yeah, I mean, it, there's clearly more to it than just the football as well. We, that interview that he gave to The Athletic a few weeks ago, for me, it, it was, it, it revealed a lot of uh, things that we kind of suspected were issues between Ozil and the club. We kind mm. of got confirmation of that, I felt, in that mm. interview. And it yeah. probably shows that the relationship is... is, is yeah, yeah, I think he, he, he's he got some gripes with, with the club. And I understand that. And, and, and I think that they've got issues with him. Obviously, his availability hasn't been great, has it, over, over the last couple of years. Missed a lot of games through illness and... An injury as well, so so yeah, I think both parties are, you know, not not as in love with each other as they once were. But look, it happens. We all come to the end of the road eventually. Great players of, you know, Vieira was was immense for us, but but you know, he, he wasn't really over the hill, and we sold him, and it just happened because you have to make cold-hearted decisions sometimes for the benefit of the team moving forwards. And um, yeah, I just sense that. That, that, yeah, he's not the future. Yeah, agreed. Um, just before we go to our final question for Adrian, guys, there are over 600 of you now tuned into this live stream, but we've only got 100 likes on YouTube. So if you haven't already, hit that like button. As I keep saying, it is so, so important for the channel and to get this video seen by as many people as possible. And Adrian is an excellent a-lister of a guest and so we're keen to <laughs> well, get I don't know about that uh, yeah, you, you are my friend you are um right final question um just going to put it to you this one comes uh, from uh, nicholas he asks would you be looking to move on lucas Torreira, given the reports that he's unsettled at arsenal and would prefer a move back to italy yeah i would yeah i would but based on that really um because if a player's not happy if they're not you know not comfortable in the city, um, in the country, then then you don't want to carry that player. It will affect their performances. I feel sorry for him because I felt at the outset he was brilliant, just what the team needed. And then Unai Emery, I think then his form flattened out. And then Unai Emery started to use him as a box-to-box guy. And, and he's not a box-to-box guy. And in my opinion, that dented his confidence. And then he hasn't really been able to get to get that mojo back, has he? I think he's just felt a little bit, a little bit flat. So, so yeah, I would move him on because he's still got, still got, you know, a value, hasn't he, in the transfer yeah. market over in Italy? They rate him highly, and and I think he's he's good. You know, I think he's a good player, but when you compare him to Thomas Partey and 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 some of the other guys that 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 play in that position. Yeah, I, th- I think I think they're on a on a slight level above. So um, so yeah, hopefully we can get some cash in for him, maybe some cash in for Gendouzi, and and that that should bring one of those two big guns in, and then um, you know there may be others, I guess that, that that get moved around as well. 
fingers crossed uh, that we'll be celebrating at the end of this transfer window. Uh, although there's still a long way to go in this window, so we've got to be wary of that. It isn't um, yeah. well, and we might see some surprises. I mean, we've seen Bayer in link with Moose, Maitland Niles, um, Lacazette's been linked away. Look, we don't want these guys to leave, we don't, but but pff, there's going to be a shuffling, I'm sure, I'm sure of it, and it'd be fascinating to see see where we end up at the close of the transfer window. But look, that's in the distance for me now. It's all about concentrating on that, on that first, first month of the season and, and, and continuing, you know, the winning habit really. And um, yeah, I just, I'm just in, just fascinating to see how we're going to go about it when we play Fulham away from home, a match we should, should go and win. When we play West Ham at home, a match where we will we'll probably dominate the ball how different will it be to what we've seen in these sort of famous cup victories? So, um, yeah, that's something to look out for in the, in the weeks to come. Definitely. Adrian, thank you so, so much for joining me, mate. I cannot thank you enough. Um, uh, a big thank you on behalf of all our listeners as well, because I know they'll be loving it. I can see from the numbers tuned in at the moment that they're all flocked uh, to come <laughs> and listen to what you had to say. Um, so thank you so much. Yeah. Guys, give Adrian a follow. Uh, you'll find his Twitter handle in the description and we'll be back very, very soon with more. So until next time, take care and stay safe.